You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Will Mavity's interview with the composer for us, Michael Abels. That's a classic right there. It's about drugs. It's not about drugs. It's a dope song. Don't do drugs. Get in rhythm. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Can't believe how big Dave got. <laughs> you hear Gabe got a boat? <laughs> He's kidding, right? He's not kidding. Hey, I think it's vodka clock. Oh, yeah. Where's Jason? Hello, everybody. Welcome to yet another episode of the Next Best Picture podcast. I'm your host, Will Mavity, and I have with me the composer of Us and Get Out, Michael Abels. Michael, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. So you just kind of exploded onto the scene uh, almost three years ago now with Get Out. Can you tell me a little bit about how you entered the world of film composing and how you ended up working with Jordan? Yeah, so I I had trained to be a composer, and and I've been a composer my whole life, but um, had never had much traction um, in the film industry. Um, But some of my orchestral pieces have been uh, played in concert music, and um, a couple of them are on YouTube. And, you know, not that many people go onto YouTube to listen to concert orchestral music, so I, (laughs) you know... Dozens of hits, <laughs> but one of them turned out to be a guy named Jordan Peele, who was um, looking to direct his first feature and wanted someone who understood the language of um, kind of, uh, you know, modern concert music, but also had a feel for the for African-American music and the African-American voice. And so he had the uh, producers hunt me down and give me a call out of the blue. That is so cool. And that finally it just plucked you into the film composing world yep after a little checking to make sure i wasn't being punked by this this message from someone who says he's a producer you know (laughs) (laughs) um they called him back and they uh said have you heard of jordan peele uh yeah he's directing a, a, a a thriller for us and he uh wanted us to call you can we send you a script I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so if you, in, in, in retrospect, if you look at it, what I got sent was the future Oscar-winning script for Best Original Screenplay. That's so <laughs> and cool. And that script, that, isn't that cool? And the, and the script was, you know, it's 90% of what you see on the screen. It's, it's an incredible screenplay. And then, of course, I wanted to meet him. And, and Jordan is every bit as, as funny and smart in person as he seems in his interviews. And so... Um, we had this great conversation about what um, what he was looking for in the music. It was clear that he was not only a terrific writer, but had seen basically every every thriller or horror film ever made and was also a student of them and their scores. So we had this terrific conversation about scary music and the sound he wanted. And we we kind of thought, you know, I, what, I said, I think what you're looking for is like gospel horror. And he said, yeah. And we, neither of us knew what that was, but the idea sounded cool. So um, I went home and I wrote a couple demos. And one of those uh, was Siki Lisa Kwawahenga, which mm. ended up being the main title of Get Out. Right. Th- that obviously left quite an impression. And then yet you seem to have created yet an even more iconic central theme uh, with us. Wh- whose idea was it to orchestrate 
a creepy version of five on it. Ah, that's that's Jordan loving to, uh, you know, he loves to ruin things for people. That's part <laughs> of his. I think even even with only two films in, under his belt, I think that's a signature of his. He likes taking things that other people find innocuous and 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 nice, like like rabbits and Fruit Loops <laughs> or or. And Fruit Loops or, or good vibrations, and he loves he loves twisting those things and ruining them for you. So, um, part of uh, part of this one was to ruin Five on it for a generation who has nice memories of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, that's one of the standout themes. Tell me a little bit about turning that into such an astonishingly creepy piece. Hmm. Well, it, it, you know, the language of of I, I I try to answer this question without completely geeking out on things that people don't really care about. But um, harmony uh, across genres of music, the 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 play between notes that sound good together, things that harmonize well, and things that set your skin crawling, dissonant things. That's it. That's those rules are kind of the same no matter what genre you're in. So you right. can take virtually anything and just kill it by distorting the harmony behind it and making it sound, uh, sound really disturbing. So <laughs> that's what's going on. And then there's also, um, there's also the, the timbre of sound. Like th- there are certain sounds that are really scary because they sound like they're a giant, like the sound a giant monster would make or the sound there, the sounds that evoke, um, others that are other scary live things that we've experienced. And so sounds that tend to do that also send our, send our nerves jangling. And so then another part that's going on is the, um, is the, is, is a sense of anticipation, like, like the space between the, 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 um, the sample from five on it, which is actually a song called why you treat me so bad by club Nouveau. Mm -hmm. It's, um, it's, it's really kind of, it's perfect because, as much as the story of us is about duality, um, there's in that song, there's this natural duality between the baseline, which is very melodic and is kind of a, a melody of its own. And then the high part, which is an answer. And so there's, there's two parts. So um, in the, in the song, those happen at a very, in a very predictable way back and forth. But in part of the, um, the track that uh, called pas de deux, which is the, um, is that, that final climactic battle scene in us um, at the beginning of that. Um, all I, all I, all I did, I mean, it's at the beginning of it, it's just straight, straight ahead string orchestra playing it. Right. But what is buried is the pot, the pauses between the, 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 the and the answer of and because you know, it's coming, but you don't know when, the anticipation is part of what really makes you nervous because you know it's and yet it's not and oh and there you know see what I mean is <laughs> no 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 this is good this is good that's that's the those are some of the principles behind that well it, it works spectacularly um, but obviously you had all kinds of other melodies going on in here beyond that so obviously a lot of it you're clearly going for something thematic tying in the theme of duality and us. Um, Tell me a little bit about like the choirs you had in the background, like the little kids singing some of those elements. Yep. Well, so once again, that's uh, taking something, you know, a children's choir, what could be nicer and sweeter, right? So that's another (laughs) one of those ideas of taking something that people think of as nice and and twisting it so that it's uh, suddenly horrifying and disturbing. Um, 
the idea of the, <clears throat> in, in general, voices, I mean, because we all relate to the human voice as being an expression of emotion. And so um, voices are something that Jordan really loves to use in a score to help um, to help really just go directly to an audience's emotional core. Um, but also the, the, um, the anthem, which is the opening track of us is meant as the, the rallying cry of the tethered, who are the people who we end up meeting later, uh, the doppelgangers. Mm -hmm. And it, we don't want anyone to know what they're saying because we don't want to give it away. Also the tethered don't speak really. They, that's part of what their thing. So, um, I needed words that you couldn't understand what they're saying, but you need to understand a couple of things from that track, which is one, it sounds like people are organizing and a, and a and B that they're pissed off. And so nothing really says like people are organizing like a March. So I knew it had to be a March, but I also knew that it couldn't be a regular March. It couldn't sound like any, it had to be a multicultural March as multicultural as, as America is. So mm -hmm. instead of a straight ahead March, it slowed way down so that you get that sense of anticipation of each note that I was talking about. And then in between that, this beat drops, which is a really funky, make you make your neck move type of beat. That's not, that's, it's a, it's clearly a beat, but it's also not from any particular culture, you know, it's like mm. from everybody. And so that was my way of taking this March and making it scary and diverse all at the same time. Speaking of things that aren't from any particular culture, anything like that, um, what kind of instruments did you use? Because obviously you had the basic string stuff, but then it, it sounds like you, you threw the kitchen sink in here. So tell me some about yeah. <laughs> the tools you used. I don't think there's officially a kitchen sink sample, but there's like everything else. <laughs> and there would have been if, that, if, if Jordan had liked the part with the kitchen sink in it. Um, he told at the beginning, he told me, so it's, it's all about duality. So give me some instruments that don't normally go together. And that was the only direction really, at, at least to start. And then, so I, I so I did that and I, I did a, a, a bunch of different demos that just had, um, sometimes there was a concept of what I chose to use, but sometimes it was just purely random. Um, there's a track that has a, has, it has didgeridoo and barambao and kalimba in it, but each one is kind of used in a way that the instrument's not normally used in the culture that it's stolen from or borrowed from in this <laughs> case. Um, because I was just deliberately saying, okay, let's take something from every continent and then put that together in some way that, you know, only makes sense to me. And then, um, as you mentioned that with the string orchestra and the voices are the, are the, the body of the, uh, of the score, you know, they, that's the foundation, but then there's a lot of, um, percussion and, 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 um, and textural enhancements. There are some, um, sounds that are maybe began as instruments, but were heavily processed to just, you know, just to get the juice to be squeezed into a juice, you know? <laughs> um, and there, some of them are, there's sort of a, there's a drum called the propanium drum, which is, sounds like it was an oil can maybe when it was born, but is now a, <laughs> very um, re reverberant and pitched kind of oil can. And there's um, <laughs> other other uh, sounds that reverberate. A lot of that was to try to get the sense of the, of when you see where the tethered lives in their environment and how lonely and, and under, uh, and 
lonely and modest it is and their sense of isolation and their a lot of the sounds I'm trying to get give you a sense of loneliness and despair and isolation in these hollowed out sounds that are in behind the score. So speaking of which, I know in Get Out it seemed like you and the film's supervising sound editor worked hand in hand a lot to create a lot of the kind of jump scare sound effects, et cetera, et cetera. Um, mm-hmm. Were you involved beyond the score in the sound design as a whole in this film? Well, it's so. Uh, uh, what's the answer to that? I ah, know it's tough. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's great to hear that um, someone's impression is that the sound designer and the composer are working side by side because that's what part of what we strive to achieve, I think on both sides, but my actual conversations with them are pretty minimal. Um, but it, there's natural, especially when the, when if, I mean, if you're writing a score that's very classical, then there's a pretty clear separation between music and sound. Sure. But in a score, in a score where a lot of the sound needs to feel like it's design, there's this huge gray area. And I can't always be aware of what the sound designer is doing. And it's not because I wouldn't, but it's because of time. And there's very little time. So, but I know that the sound designer is kind of working on the same, whenever I'm in the world of sound design, that the sound designer, it, it, they're also working in that world. And I don't know what, is, what the final result is going to be. You know, you want to give, you want to give the director, um, choices. That's the bottom line. The director's got to have maximum number of um, sonic choices to tell the story in the way that he or she sees fit. So I'm, I'm, I'm planning that the score can carry it, you know, all on its own, just because that's my job. But I don't think for a minute that that's what's going to happen. I know that the sound designer is planning the same thing too, because that's his job. And somewhere in there, when you, when the director gets to the dub, he's going to hear the sonic story and how it's told and decide where the, where the sound, you know, is it takes the, takes the, the primary role or where the music takes the primary role. And not every idea you, you give him is going to end up in the movie because uh, that's the director's job. So as a result, when, when both the sound and the, and the music teams bring their a game. And then when the director's making good choices, you end, it ends up, feeling like it was all created in concert. So basically Jordan Peele knows his shit. So <laughs> it works out. Yeah, he, it, it, it's a stated fact. I think you can find that on Wikipedia that Jordan Peele knows his shit. There's citations. So <laughs> we're getting towards the end here, but now that you have, um, you've established yourself as a force to be reckoned with, I know you did the score mm. for uh, <laughs> HBO's bad education, but where are we going to hear your work yeah. next other than that? Uh, it depends on when people, when things are shown next <laughs> in, in this changing world. No one, no one can say, you know, do you have any other exciting uh, projects on the docket though? You could talk about. Can I, t- what can I tell, what can I tell you about? I'm, um, I have a, I have a ballet that I've written that's premiering at a university, Butler university in Indiana in, in February. It's so cool. Yeah. And I'm collaborating on an opera with, uh, Rhiannon Giddens, who's, uh, just this amazing, amazing uh, artist, um, and that's uh, it's called Omar, and it's um, premiering 
at the Spoleto Festival, Spoleto USA Festival, which is uh, for opera buffs, they'll know what that is, but it's in Charleston, South Carolina. It's coming on in May. Um, and uh, but I have no idea what things are going to, other things, when they'll be uh, screened. It just kind of depends on our, on, I just wait for them to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fantastic, man. Thank you for taking the time to chat a little bit. Anything else that you would love people to know about the US score before you go? Uh, I'm sure you have like an essay. <laughs> Give us one fun fact. <laughs> one fun fact. <laughs> Sorry that I can answer all your questions in that one. I just draw a blank. What is, what's one fun fact about the US score? Is there an Easter egg in there? Something that you kind of put in there just for you? Oh, let's see. The, in, in the anthem at the very end, there's, so I'm writing these nonsense words and it turns out that writing nonsense is really hard work. There's really no <laughs> such thing because your, your, your ear is going to hear any sound you make. Your ear is going to interpret that as something, you know? Right. So the, 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 the vowels and the syllables end up sounding Latin, even though they're not Latin and it's not supposed to be Latin. And people have often kind of like tried to write the lyrics down and figure out what's being said, but it's nothing except at the very end and underneath there's, um, I was, I looked up the phrase in Latin of how to say we, we break our bonds and I cannot now remember what it is, but in, but, but, the, but, the, but it, uh, it also is not literal because I didn't want it to be. So I, I changed like the last syllable, but in the, but the, the baritones in the very back sing in Latin, sort of, we break our bonds. So there you go. There's an Easter egg. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks so much for coming on the talk. Nunc sacare vincula lorum, something like that. I'm going to keep my, I'm going to keep my ears open for that next time I listen to it. So. Okay. <laughs> All right, man. You take care. Thanks so much. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, Will. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Will Mavity's interview with the composer for us, Michael Abels, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening as always, and we shall see you all next time.